Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Hello, my peak performers community. How are you doing today? Welcome to episode 124 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I'm Henneka Watkins Porto. Today's episode is with David Cicerelli. David is the co-founder and CEO of Voices.com, the online marketplace that connects business people with professional voice over talent. The unique blending of his audio engineering background with self-taught business savvy and website development afforded David the creative freedom to pursue his passion for innovation during the first dot-com boom, the result of which catapulted him onto the scene as a pioneer in his field in the early 2000s. I am looking forward, really looking forward to having this conversation on the growth mindset and the entrepreneur. Welcome, David. Annika, thanks so much for inviting me onto the show, and I'm so happy to be here. Hopefully I can uh, add a lot of value and uh, mental models about how I think about growth and uh, be helpful to the listeners. Absolutely. We look forward to hearing you. Before we dive in, though, I have a little question for you, which is, have you ever visited Jamaica? I haven't. I've uh, been to the Caribbean a few times, uh, Mexico, Cancun, uh, but not quite, and uh, as well as the Dominican, but not to Jamaica. Not to Jamaica yet. Not yet. All right. So not, you, you gotta, right. you gotta fix that. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I think we should. I, I know friends that have been. They said it's just wonderful. Yeah. Then you can you can tell the world that hey, I've made it. <laughs> That's the milestone. <laughs> right. 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 All right. So we're going to be talking about the growth mindset and the entrepreneur. What's your story, really? Tell us about your journey. Many of our stories is uh, starts with some idea or some passion we had as a child, and I was always fascinated with sound and music, and I, I not only learned about play drums and, and piano, but I tried to, I was fascinated also with technology. My dad brought the first uh, laptop home, the first mobile phone I'd ever seen. And that really kind of sparked my imagination of well, at some point in the future, is there, it would be such thing as a audio recording studio that you could record music, you know, using a, a computer. That was, you know, just really, as I say, sparked the imagination. I ultimately went to audio engineering school where I learned how to become a recording engineer and uh, working from a recording studio. And after graduating, I opened up Annika, a small a studio, actually, in in our home city uh, of London, Canada. It's just outside of Toronto, if you're familiar with that uh, that area. And uh, I actually caught my name in the local newspaper on my birthday, and uh, pretty fascinated with that. My dad actually gave some great advice, which I'll, I'll impart uh, to those listening, which was, why advertise on the page you know, 14 of the classifieds when you can try to get your name on page one or two of the business section in the newspaper. And that's really what I, uh, what I did. I wrote the local newspaper and they did a profile on this small studio that I'd open up in the city. And that attracted 
other small businesses that reached out and said, oh, that's interesting. It was, you know, it was a phone system recording, some local commercials. And so there was some inbound interest. It also uh, attracted a, a lovely young woman, Stephanie, who's now my wife and co-founder in the company. But at the time, she was a classically trained singer. She'd sing at weddings and funerals and, and other special events. And so she came into the studio to record her singing repertoire. That's how we met. But because of those other small businesses, they actually were asking, do you have a female voice talent of knowing anyone that can record our phone system for us in these commercials as I mentioned? And so I gave Stephanie a call. I said, do you think you can come back down to the studio and we would split the money? You'll be the talent and I'll be the engineer. And so uh, that's how it all began. And so both of us, Stephanie on the artistic side and performance and acting and myself on kind of the technical engineering, we were able to bring our passions that have really developed over a lifetime up until that point and uh, put them really to work together in unity in, uh, in one business, which has since become Voices.com. And so that, that's really the origin story. And I, of course, left out a few gaps along the way, but that's, that's the origin story. I mean, you mentioned Stephanie came on board very early on at the inception. No, what was that like? Because, you know, pursuing, you know, a relationship with this person at the same time, you have a business relationship. So how a romantic relationship and a personal a business relationship, how was that at the beginning of it? We were young and foolish and didn't know any different. I think all the stats are fertile against companies starting up in the first place, let alone being, uh, being married, uh, a husband and wife. We did, we did get married actually very shortly there afterwards. What we found right from right from the get-go was the importance of setting up what we call healthy boundaries. You need to have lines drawn in the sand, not for the purpose of saying this is my territory and don't encroach on it, but rather to create the, these kind of creative constraints where you can operate freely within that space. And so we actually took out a sheet of paper and drew a line down the middle of it. And I, and I wrote down, Stephanie, I think you're very good customers you're great with the talent community, the actors, and being a spokesperson for our brand. And that's exactly what she's she's done. She's been on the, um, more on the marketing, public relations, kind of outreach community involvement side, and being that brand ambassador. And today, that's her title, the chief brand officer. And so on the flip side, I've been more on the, you know, it is a two-sided marketplace, Voices.com. And so is she's working with the talent. I'm working with the clients. At the beginning, you know, she wanted suggested that my forte was around the engineering and the product development and some of these client sales, bringing these ad agencies and video producers to Voices.com so that they could hire a voice talent to bring their script to life. And so I think that delineation is very important to have those uh, grammar rules, so to speak, up front and agreed upon. And uh, it's it's avoided a lot of uh, a lot of potential conflict over the years. That's for sure. But I would encourage people if you are working with, and it doesn't have to be just a spouse. If you have a co-founder or a partner um, that you're starting a business with, I think those uh, taking a few minutes to have that, which can be maybe a difficult conversation if you haven't broached that topic yet. Defining each other's roles and responsibilities and holding each other accountable. I was about to say because what you've mentioned, you know, setting healthy boundaries from the very get-go. And you alluded to that as well, is that it's not only applicable to in relationships like those, but um, 
in general, of course, you know, you have a co-founder or just in life, you know, it's important to set those boundaries and give yourself and each other that space that is necessary to be uniquely you, whereas at the same time working as a unit together. Exactly. And um, we found that we often have roles that, well, the boundaries might be established as people. We also have to recognize that we're husband and wife. We're also, so that's kind of the, uh, you know, the, the, the circle of marriage. We also are employees because we work in the company. Uh, and we're also shareholders because we're owners of the company. And last year, we were able to raise capital from a private equity firm, a big global investment bank, actually, Morgan Stanley, and their office in San Francisco. And so now we're on a board of directors as well. And so my, the lesson here is recognize which, you know, proverbial hat, so to speak, that you're wearing in which context. If I'm having a conversation because, uh, you know, as, uh, as husband and um, speaking to you as a wife, then as silly as it sounds, we find that we often have to preface our conversations, uh, whatever the topic might be. I'm speaking to you as a husband or I'm speaking to you as a board member or let's have a conversation as colleagues within the business and work through it that way. That just sets up the context for how the conversation should proceed. And sometimes if it's just listening, I just need you to listen as my wife or she might say, I just need you to be my husband for, you know, for now and, and listen to this challenge I'm working through. Um, I think it's really been helpful for each other to to set the context and and work through those challenges together. Well, you're just giving us so much nuggets right now because I, I listen to you talk and even no, I'm reflecting on some relationships that I have with persons that are part of a team, you know, team of volunteers that I work with. And I'm thinking about the fact that sometimes it can get so, the lines can get so blurry. Like, who am I speaking to you as? Because many of these people, they are my friends, right? And at the same time, there are, there are times when I can't speak to them as friend with friend. I have to wear the hat of the leader of, of this, um, initiative and so on. And it can get a little complex. So, and, and there are other relationships, relationships that would get even more complex as well. So as I listen to you talk, I'm reflecting and I'm seeing how all of that just makes sense. Absolute sense. And Hannah, just to close off the thought, I think it's, it's such a service that you're extending to that other party by informing them who you are when you're speaking to them, especially for these, um, we say these kind of multidimensional relationships. And so they will appreciate, you know, you might think it feels a little bit weird or saying, hey, I need to speak to you as a leader of this organization. Um, here's my concerns or here's what we're, here's the next project. If you don't, the, the default will, you know, defaults can kind of seep into those conversations all the time. And every, especially if it's a very chummy or friendly relationship, people will just think that you're always a friend. And then it seems very out of context to say that there's, there's, there's room for miscommunication. So it's our responsibility as leaders with an organization to be willing to have those difficult conversations and provide clarity of who you are and what you're trying to say in what context at every given opportunity. I just wanted to add that because I thought it was uh, thought it was important. Yeah, where we've headed with this conversation, it, it's it's a good place now to to head in the direction of talking about um, the mindset and what what is the kind of mindset that is absolutely necessary in order to succeed. You know how that kind of mindset, what important uh, role did it play in your life as you develop your business? A successful 
um, people uh, think about their body and their uh, well-being, you know, a big part of that being their mind and their uh, mental fortitude as much as their physical health and their intellect, you know, just their, you know, general kind of business knowledge uh, and industry knowledge that you're developing. And there's lots that go into that, you know, eating well, sleeping well, getting some exercise and, you know, well, all of us, uh, I'm, I'm sure many of us on uh, listening today on the on the show, you know, haven't had 100 day streaks of, of, of working out every day, doing some exercise. I think if you can find what works for you, you know, I think that's, you know, good advice that was always given to me. Listen to your body. What, what do what you enjoy doing? If you like going for bike rides, don't think that you're going to pick up you know, running marathons. It's just, it's not really your thing. And so I think that gives you not only your body is in a position where you can feel a lot better, but you do get that time away and you can think clear as well too. So it's certainly encouraging of that. Uh, but over and above that, you know, some of the ways I, I think about challenges is, you know, advice again, that is given to me and I feel to, to pass it on is whatever decision you need to make, think about it in this, this framework it's referred to as 10, 10, 10. And so that's 10 minutes, 10 months, and 10 years. Again, makes it real from, oh, think about what the consequences are. If I do this right now, am I going to feel good in 10 minutes? Oh, yeah, I might feel good in 10 minutes. I'm relieved that I finally made a decision. I move on. 10 months from now, the ramifications might be starting to um, reveal themselves. 10 years from now, oh, boy, I really wish I didn't make that initial decision because it's just had all these long-term consequences. And so I think that helps create grounds in kind of reality. People say, oh, think about the short, medium, and long-term consequences. But because that's so subjective to everyone, you say 10 minutes, 10 months, and 10 years from now, now I understand the time frame in which I should evaluate every decision. Good decisions, Henneke, should actually be sustainable over all three of those time periods. 10, 10, 10. Um, you know, sometimes you do, you make a decision and you feel good about it in 10 minutes from now, right? In, in, for the next mm-hmm. 10 minutes and so, but then as you rightfully say, 10 months down the road, you begin to feel the discomfort, you know, the ramifications of that decision um, may not be in the direction that you thought it would have been, right? And you begin to have regrets and all of these remorse that you, you face because you cannot, and you really cannot take back what you would have said and what you would have done you can only decide to do better going forward so really give some thought to the things that we're saying the decisions that we're making that makes absolute sense now we touched on that particular mindset but we want you to go a little further david into talking about some of the necessary traits for success what is necessary and success as we know it it's determined um by a lot of variables and you know a lot of definitions and depending on the person so we just want to put that caveat right there that it success is defined not necessarily by what you're going to say to me or my own definition of it it's it's dependent on context dependent on the person and so on but regardless of whatever context we're taking it from what are some of those necessary traits um to achieve success what we set out to achieve I think there's two that, that come to mind. Uh, the first one being passion. Find something that you really enjoy doing because you're putting so much time and energy in this. This needs to, whatever your area of focus needs to be or is, pick something where you naturally enjoy learning, reading, uh, listening to other podcasts about. 
Um, and because you're going, you know, and if it's, you know, it's deeper than just saying business, it's, you know, I really enjoy business. So, you know, what's, what's the product or service I'm actually going to be offering to uh, customers. And so, uh, you know, sometimes I think, especially kind of the as, as, as entrepreneurs are really, you know, high profile, Steve is kind of a very glamorous job and it, it attracts a lot of people starting companies because they're just trying to get into being their own boss, so to speak. But they don't have any, you know, affiliation or affinity with the particular product or service. So I think you really need to look, consider your your life up until this point, and say, what is that? And I kind of touched on this earlier. What is that thread that's been weaving everything together? And for me, it was sound and voice, um, and music, and Stephanie kind of art and performance, and also voice and as a singer. So you look back and you find these things, and then just go. How could I package that together um, as a product or service that might be valuable to a lot of people uh, out there in the world? So that would be one thing. And then the reality is, after that passion kind of weaved in with curiosity and kind of unpacking that, the, really the other thing is, is, is having resiliency. And resilience is the ability to bounce back from circumstances. The ability to bounce back or overcome adverse circumstances. And as we know, being an entrepreneur, starting companies, there's really no kind of master playbook. Just like for all the parents uh, that are listening, you know that, you know, your first baby arrives. No, you know, everyone's kind of got advice, but it's all their own experience that they're giving you. You need to learn this on your own and overcome those challenges. Same thing with running a business, starting and running a business. Your challenges are going to be fundamentally, uh, uh, well, essentially different from those around you. Because it's a different industry, it's a different geographic market. You have a different cultural context, and so those are the type of things that are hard to hard to communicate. But the the um, of why some businesses succeed and other ones fail. But I think it really does come down to the determination of the entrepreneur to push through and and overcome those challenges. So I would uh, package that all up together as saying passion and resilience are the two attributes I think are most needed for entrepreneurs. And Samuel Johnson says that great works are performed not by strength, but by perseverance. So I know that perseverance is tied somewhat to resilience, right? Um, because resilience mm-hmm. gives you that, that, that quality that you need to, to persevere despite and in spite all the various odds that will, you know, come against you. What role has that played in your life? Perseverance that is on your entrepreneurial journey? It's playing the long game, realizing that this isn't going to be a, you know, there's, there's milestones along the way. I've always had the dream of, uh, of building a company to the point that we could uh, take it public as a kind of ultimate milestone uh, on, a, on a New York stock exchange or the NASDAQ um, stock exchange. And so what does that path look like? And really, as, as you know, Stephen Covey says, kind of start with the mind. You, you draw that endpoint, whatever definition of success is is right for you and backwards okay well in order to do that are there some qualifications that uh, might need to might need to come in play and from what i've read you know a company really is is qualified for to be a publicly listed company if they're exceeding a hundred million dollars in sales okay well what would it take to get there it means a pretty sizable team it means that we have a, a marketing machine that's working effectively we have world-class technology that's very robust. So you, you start to kind of fill in the gaps and that ultimately becomes your plan. It gives you the confidence and the encouragement to persevere along the way 
as you're in effect of reaching mini milestones, ultimately leading up to the big one. So, you know, a, a, a plan provides that guidance that gives you the encouragement to persevere. And uh, planning can take all kinds of shapes. It doesn't need to be a 100-page document. It could be 10 slides. It can be, you know, more graphical if you want. It can be, you know, a, a, a you know, a checklist, uh, so to speak. I mean, however that takes its form, I, I would really encourage people to put their ideas down on paper and make it concrete. Print it off, for goodness sakes, if you spend time building a plan, even if it just sits on your, de- uh, on your desk or you kind of flip through it every now and then, you, it reminds you that you've you've put your kind of, uh, you know, your, your goals in on paper. And there's lots of research that's shown that goals written down and printed out are so much more likely to come into fruition um, so plans and, and set some goals and then stick to that, right? And stick to it over the long run. I'm sure uh, many of those people listening today will see great results because they put in that effort. Absolutely. And David, as we're about to come to a close, I'd love for you to give me your final thoughts, just wrapping up the growth mindset and the entrepreneur. So I think there's um, the tendency to want to swing for the fence. And if, if it doesn't come big enough or fast enough, then, you know, frustration can come play. And I would encourage those listening to break your big ambitions down into small, manageable chunks. And we brought up 10, 10, 10, but let me flip that on its head. It's also 10, 10, 10. If I have an idea of a goal of where I want to be 10 years from now, well, let me think back, what can I do? What would I need to get done in the next 10 months that will lead to 10 years from now? And then what can I do in the next 10 minutes that is going to move me towards that ultimate goal? And so it's a good framework to think about goal setting and taking action in the immediate term as much as risk mitigation and the right decisions that give you a great story to tell and be proud of what you've accomplished over the long run. Absolutely. That makes all the sense. Now, believe me, the 10, 10, 10 is my new principle for everything. I'm going to take, I'm going to run with that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right. Uh, David, how can my community reach in, reach, uh, reach out to you if they want to? Well, hopefully in the show notes, everyone's, uh, well, maybe a link to Twitter. Um, it's David Cicerelli on Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, feel free to reach out to me on either of those channels. Or to follow our company, it's just voices.com is the website. And then at voices on Twitter as well. Right. And you do have a freebie, right? Yeah, that's correct. So um, I would encourage those who want to um, learn more about the space and, and possibly whether you're an aspiring voice actor, um, you can actually go to the reports section of voices.com. You can find it in the footer. Um, and there's all kinds of content there that are full annual reports. We've both two fronts get started as a voice actor. As well as if you're in the advertising, marketing, or uh, media space, uh, what the trends for 2019. I think this is very valuable knowing what, uh, how to communicate message through, uh, through voice, whether it's on smart speakers, the latest and greatest kind of uh, technology, or uh, through things like podcasts and videos. What are the qualities of voices that uh, get the best response? and uh, how it might be applicable in your business. I encourage you to go to the report section of voices.com. Lots of great stuff. It's a pleasure having this conversation with you. David Cicerelli has been my guest, my peak performers. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this conversation, David. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you, my peak performer, for tuning in to this episode with David Cicerelli. I look forward to connecting with you next time. 
Until then, remember, visit HennekaWatkinsSporty.com and we can shop for TEY merchandise. That's the entrepreneurial merchandise. You can sign up for courses. You can read the blog or binge on past episodes of the podcast or whatever it is that you want to check out on HennekaWatkinsSporty.com. Be my guest. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win and expect to win. What good? We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing? Or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Attention, LeaderCast Women is an inspirational one-day leadership event featuring renowned female leaders. Male and female audience members alike will leave LeaderCast Women with the tools they need to become leaders worth following. Attend the event via simulcast at Nutsford Court Hotel on October 18. To learn more, visit HennekaWatkinsPorture.com or call 849-2571.